We are Lone Star 187. Two sisters that love listening to true crime podcasts and decided to give this shit a try. Since we are Texas through and through, we will be researching murders across our Lone Star state. 187 is slang for the penal code for homicide. Since police codes are unique by city and county, we decided to simply use something that most people would get. We know this code isn't specific to Texas, but hey, we like it and it's our podcast, so we do what we want. Lone Star 187 most definitely contains elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Unit heading out to that disturbance action shooter in a vehicle. Go ahead and reduce but continue. Reduce but continue at once. Case file 66, The Whitaker Family. Hi. Hello. Long time no see, huh? I know. Uh, back again. Back again. Coming Five. at you live again from the podcast room in Frisco, Texas. Woo! Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> I've been listening to me those damn TikToks. <laughs> I haven't been on it as much lately, so I don't have those random songs stuck it's in my bad. head. I even get like random like a notification on my phone. It's like, check out the new TikToks. I'm like, don't tempt me. Stay don't, away. Like, stop giving me reasons to look at it. I've already gone to the bathroom twice today. I don't need to have any reason <laughs> to get on my phone. Stop. So why are you asking me so many questions? Who are you? My name is Carrie. And I'm Brittany. And together we are Lone Star 187. So oh. guess where we're going? We're going somewhere in Texas. <laughs> if y'all could see my face wait let me get listen Richard, here smart ass picture up listen here so oh the frown i yes. love that so, so much we're going somewhere that i've never been i don't know if you've been okay what's it called we're going to sugarland texas i've been through there i've never stopped on my way to the beach because it's so south it is it is um southwest texas it's 19 miles from houston mm-hmm the population between the time of this crime was, uh, it, it, I'm sorry, the population the year that this happened was 76,220. However, the population increased 158% between 1990 and 2000, and the crime happened in 2003. So there was a giant increase. In I wonder people. why. This is just the place to be. I guess so. So my source is an episode of 48 Hours and Forensic Files. They both have an episode. And I must say, for there to be two different types of, like, Forensic Files, even though it is documentary style, mm-hmm. it's also almost like a reenactment, right? Yep. And then 48 Hours is very documentary style. Mm-hmm. They were both very right on. Like, That's I didn't good. See, Any I dis- didn't, inconsistencies? No. That's and, good. Like, if one had something, the other one just didn't have it, but it didn't contradict it. So it wasn't That's like, good. That, I yeah. don't get that lucky with mine. Damn it. 48 Hours is not one I really I don't think I've ever used before, but this one was very informative. I do like to watch 48 Hours, though. Mm-hmm. So we are going to the Whitaker family, as, as earlier as I said. Um, we you said have, this is in 2000? This happened December the 12th of 2003. Okay, 2003. Yeah. Okay. And we have a family, the Whitaker family. We have Patricia and Kent, husband and wife. And they have two sons, Kevin and Barton. Goes by Bart. 
So on December 10th, 2003, Kevin Whitaker and his best friend, John Lewis, are at the gym working out. And Kevin's like, hey, you know, my brother's in town. We're, my brother Bart's in town. We're going to go have dinner and celebrate his graduation. He just graduated from Sam Houston or will be graduating. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go eat at Papa Do's, which we know is like fancy place. Yep. Good food, though. So they go out. They eat. They have a great time. They laughed. His dad, Kent, gave Bart a Rolex watch as a gift to congratulate him for graduating college. So they get back to the house, and they're all riding in a car. And so they drive up, and Kevin walks through the front door. And as soon as he walks in the front door, his mother, Patricia, is behind him. And his dad, Kent, says that he hears a very loud bang. And then he sees Kevin hit the floor. Looks like he had been shot center mass in his chest. And Patricia yells, oh, no, and another bang. And she's shot. She falls in the doorway. So Kent, the father, just goes racing inside, and he sees a figure in front of him with a ski mask on. So he gets shot. So Bart's right behind him. So he goes after the guy, and he's shot in the arm. So Bart's shot in the left upper shoulder. His father is shot in the right upper shoulder. And Patricia's shot in the chest, and so is Kevin. So this person was in their house? In their house. Okay. Ski mask. Oh, yeah, right. So they're all, uh, the, na- the the neighbor that lives next door sees, hears some commotion and goes outside. He runs over, and he sees that Patricia is barely hanging on, um, but it looks like Kevin is already gone. He was the first one that was hit. Yes. Yep. And then uh, Kent seems to be okay. And Bart is okay because they're both just in the in the shoulders and arms. So they he calls nine one one. They come on the scene. They they take them. Patricia died at the hospital, mm-hmm. and Kevin died um, at the home. So Bart and Kent. So Bart was the oldest, and Kent, the father, they both survive with the wounds. So on scene, the policemen looking around the house, they're like, you know, we feel like we've been called out here before. So they kind of do some history, and they realize that they had gotten a call from Kevin saying, I think someone is threatening our family. Like, I feel like I've seen cars drive by, like maybe our house is being cased. Like, I'm in fear of my family being hurt. I just know that something's not right, so I just want y'all to know. And so they had come out there before. So he had kind of predicted something. Investigation starts to unfold. They, Some things just aren't making sense. Yeah, I mean. And they start to feel like, hmm, was this a random attack? I mean, it looks like the family was killed intentionally and targeted. It's not like they walked in the house, sat their keys down. Right. It was and the burglar's like, like they oh were, God. they were you know, wait. The burglar like, was waiting for them. Yeah. I mean, Kevin died at the doorstep, like half in and half out of the house. So, I mean, they were waiting. They knew they were going to be coming back. So Marshall Slot was the lead detective assigned to the case. And at first, upon first arrival, he said, you know, I really felt like it was a burglary gone wrong. Like, maybe were they surprised during the middle of the burglary? Did they not expect anyone to be home? It's it's near Christmas. Did they maybe think they were out of town for the holidays? Yeah. Like, is that what's going on? But as they go through each room in the house, they start noticing that there's a very odd pattern. For example, in the master bedroom, all of the drawers that were opened were all open to the same distance. And in the armoire, everything was just open. He said nothing was amiss. It was just doors were open they just weren't closed all the way like it's like somebody just pulled them out but all the same distance not like that's weird (laughs) i'm looking so a robber with ocd we just pull all these out and make it look good right but then on the armoire and on the next to the bed is jewelry watches Hmm. 
things that if it was someone who was just came in for stuff, they would have definitely taken that to pawn yep. or give away or what have you. And like he said, if they, it's not like they didn't have time because if they had time to pull all these out, they had time to put all that in their pockets or yep. a bag. Or they were looking for something specific and didn't find it and they didn't want the jewelry or whatever was lying around. Mm-hmm. And they found like in the living room, the computer was still there. You know, laptop was there. Giant TV was there. So it just didn't, again, didn't, didn't look up. like a robbery. Yeah. And then we've talked about this before. The gun was found on the floor that shot all four people. It was the Whitaker's gun. So, <laughs> so they didn't bring their own weapon. So the dumbasses didn't bring their own weapon. And they didn't steal anything. But they knew where the gun in the house was, so they could use it. And they knew where the bullets were. Because the only thing that was messed with was the gun safe. And it had been pried open. Oh, and the s- only thing taken out was that gun. The other guns weren't touched. The other ammunition wasn't touched. Just that gun and the ammunition for that gun was the only thing missing from the safe. Hmm. And Kent Whitaker, he confirmed that. So they, they realized this is definitely an isolated event. And this person went in looking like they were just going for the gun. That's really, that's all that's considered um, moved or manipulated. Everything else just looks staged. Yeah. So they started looking and digging into the history of the family. You know, (laughs) was Kent having an affair? Were they in debt? Was she having an affair? Right. Like, what's going on with them? And then the boys, did they have enemies? Was there life insurance? Were they gambling? Did they owe debts to people? You know, is that, where could this have come from? So they, they do some history. So a little bit about Kent and Patricia. Uh, Kent said that he met Patricia on a blind date. He said, I went to the house and I was expecting someone to probably be average or below average. And he said she came down the stairs and he thought, oh, my God, I hope this night goes well because she is beautiful. Awesome. And they hit it off. Uh, they did. They had a great date. They were inseparable. They got And they got married. They had two boys, Bart and Kevin. Kevin was a successful accountant and Patricia worked with elementary school. She was a teacher. All of her coworkers said, you know, that people would request to be in her class, siblings of other people, that she, all she ever talked about were her boys. Her husband and her two boys were her life. She loved teaching. So it was a very good family. Yep. And more and more, they were very devout Christians. They went to church all the time. And the boys had a very good upbringing. They were wealthy. And they kind of felt like what other, like, this is just so tragic to happen to this family because there just didn't, see, there had to be something, something, something deeper than what is to, you know, things are outside. not as they seem. Absolutely. So since Bart had just graduated school, they talked to some of his classmates and they said, you know, he did well in school growing up. He had a sense of humor. He was witty. He was always respectful, um, always listened to authority, never gave them any trouble and Kevin was considered more of the sensitive, being the younger. He was very sensitive. He was very forgiving. Um, all of his friends said that he was always always there for them. Anytime that he, they needed something, he was there. So they seem to have raised two good boys. Yeah. So like, what? Where's the link in the like? Yeah. What's going on? So Detective Slot told Bart. You know, Detective Slot was told by Bart he was about to graduate from Sam Houston University. So when they go to campus to interview his friends. They find out that he's not enrolled. Uh-oh. And he's actually a freshman on academic probation. Oh, so shit. So he wasn't even in school 
and the money that his dad was paying for school, he was not going to school. So, when, but usually when you pay for school, you pay the college. You don't give the money to your kid to pay to the college. Well, I don't know how that worked. They didn't say if he gave, if he gave the money to him to pay it, or maybe if they gave it to the school, and then because he wasn't enrolled in school, that maybe they he gave just it had to a Bart. giant credit. Or I, I don't know. Wow. Or maybe it paid for him to live on campus, but That's not go to school. Crazy! I did not see that coming. So he, in fact, did not graduate. So he lied about graduating. So when they asked him, "Hey, we did this research," so his parents didn't come to his college graduation. That's well, a big he, thing. So it was in December. So he was about to graduate. Oh, so his graduation okay. hadn't happened yet, but they were celebrating. Okay. He said he said he passed his exams. He was home on winter break, and come May, he would walk across. Yeah, the stage. I mean, I, I, if Brenna told me she told me she's graduating in may i believe her so like yeah, well and you said she has her own loans for school so yeah. it's not coming out of your pocket so how would you know yeah right yeah now he was paying for school but so they asked him you know why didn't you say anything and he's like i was just so afraid to disappoint my dad and they'd be upset with me so i just didn't tell them so instead you made up this giant lie that you were graduating and then he was at the age where he should be graduating and how are you going to justify all the money that your dad spent mm-hmm. like how, oh my god so five days later, on December 15th, they get a call from a person who wants to remain anonymous, but wants to speak to the detective handling the case. So Detective Slot met him in a parking lot. He's like, <laughs> I'll meet you wherever you want. Wherever you feel safe, that's yep. where I'll meet you. So he met him in a parking lot, and he said, I have information that Bart wanted me to help him kill his family. Son of a bitch. And his name was Adam Hip. So not only did I he thought have, he wanted to remain anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> well, he kind of had to come out after a while. So he had he so he told the he told the detective that Bart approached him with a plan. And the plan that Bart drew out, he gave to Adam and Adam showed the detective. And it was a literal drawn diagram of the murder scene. No shit. It was the house and it was where the shooter was standing and like basically where the bodies were going to fall, like exactly. So the how way. do? So I guess he was going to make sure it lined up to where the people, like the people he wanted dead, died, and then the people that came in last would just be shot. I don't know if there to was where a, it's, it didn't have a specific order. It just showed for like three people, and then he's like, "I'll be last, and I want to make sure you shoot me because I have to. I have to be yeah, a victim but shoot too. me in the shoulder." But he wanted to be in the rear. So he did mean for his dad to die as well. Yeah. He wanted everyone to die but him. Damn. So, you know, he said, I want make sure you shoot me in the shoulder, just in the shoulder, so I can also look like a victim, but make sure, you know, it's it's my shoulder. So they, they get this information from Adam Hip. So then they don't, obviously, they don't show their cards. So they go back to Bart. They're like, hey, why don't you take us to the house, and why don't you just reenact us what happened? You know, it's only been five days. Yeah. He didn't have to have surgery. Right? He just He's got fine. Sh- shot in the arm. He's fine. He's in a sling. Yeah. He's fine. Just show us what happened. And he said, they said he could not reenact it very well. I was here or maybe I was over here and then I stood here or maybe dad was here. I, I don't really remember. And either he did that because he didn't want to, he was afraid he would give something away mm-hmm. or he was just afraid of how he came across. So he obviously was lying. And so they knew something's not right because he was able to tell us to a T what what he thought was missing whenever they went through the house. Oh, I think this is missing. His dad's like, oh, no, I think we've seen that. But you can't reenact 
the worst night of your life. Like when yep. you have a traumatic event, you can think it smelled like this. Yeah. There were eight leaves on the cha- on the I, tree. You know? I heard these sounds. I smelled these smells. Yes, like your body is like it's trying a burnt to absorb. Image. Every, yeah. So they're like, that's very weird. So Bart worked for a country club in um, where he was supposedly going to school. So they interview some of his coworkers and two of his coworkers were Chris Brashear and Stephen Champagne. And they, because they worked so close to him and they, according to other coworkers, those three seemed to be hanging out more than others. They kind of felt like, Hmm, we shouldn't keep an eye on them. So of those two, they go and they say, Hey, um, we're going to need a, a piece of your clothing or a hairbrush, just something with your scent on it. And we're just going to give it to the bloodhounds and we're going to have them smell around the house because you've never been to the Whitaker home, right? Oh, no, never been there. Okay, well, I just want to be sure that because they know that whoever was there was around the home and in the home. So they don't have any DNA, but they do have scent. So they give them some stuff and the bloodhounds get find scents from the crime scene. For Chris Brashear, they smell his scent on all the drawers and the gun. Oh, shit. So that's all they need, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's almost you said as good you weren't as DNA. there. Yeah, you said you weren't there, and it's not like you can dispute the dog and scent. It, it doesn't go up the stairs because you were never up there, but it goes straight from the front door to the drawers, gun to the gun safe, and then to the where the shooter was. For the Brashear guy, or each of them have their own path. Um, they the the bloodhound only picked up on Brashear. Oh, okay, so he was of the three people. He was the only one that they targeted. Correct. The only well, one that the dogs correct picked up on. Okay. Yes. So of course they bring him in, and he's like, "I don't know. I, I wasn't involved. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Maybe because I was around Bart, it rubbed off on me, and they're getting Bart sent. But I don't know. It wasn't me. Okay. So seven months go by. Bart's dad is like is doesn't believe that Bart did anything or that it's, it's of course possible. not. It's hard to imagine your son would do something like so that. So they're living in the house, right? He's like, "Okay, Dad, I'm gonna go out with some friends. I'll be back later." Bart disappears. Oh. Disappears. Oh, he just rolls out. He just says, "Peace out, Texas. I'll see you when I see you." I thought you were gonna say like tries again to get his dad killed. No, he he. Literally disappears. They cannot find him. All of his friends that he had, everywhere they think he would go, he's not hmm. there. So, of course, the the detectives are like, we have to stay close to Brashear and Champagne because he may reach back out to them. Or if we can just get one of them to crack, mm-hmm. then we'll at least have enough to get the Texas Rangers involved. Because right now we don't really have enough. No, nope, and he have, knows that. Yeah. And that's why he took his chance to leave. Yep. Now. Because he's like, if I'm not here, they can't bother me. So finally, champagne breaks. And champagne. He, champagne. His last name is Champagne. Mm, thirsty champagne. for champagne. So he does admit that he participated, but he says Brashear is the one that shot them. And Champagne was the getaway driver, which is why his scent was not in the house. But he had to be involved because they knew they were all close. But he said uh, Bart was the mastermind. So he said, of course, you're not going to go do that unless your friend asks you to. Right. So Champagne said he. The detective stated that Champagne led the detective to the spot on Lake Conroe. Uh oh. Where they threw evidence under the bridge after the crime. And inside the bag that they found was a chisel that showed paint from the gun safe where they broke in to get the gun. 
ammunition from the gun and two burner cell phones that Bart Were bought they them communicated? communicated back and forth. So they arrest Brashear and Champagne, but of course Bart's still on the loose. But now they have enough that if they can find out where he's at, they can or at do least a bolo. Put a, yes, mm-hmm. an APB out. And at least at that point, if he's if he's found or if they see him, whatever. So from the day he goes missing. He's not very smart, so I'm sure he's going to get caught eventually. Yes. So <laughs> seven months after the murder, he disappears. And he's gone for almost 18 months. Did he get any life insurance money out of his from his mom or? Can I finish? I'm sorry. Always, always <laughs> up ahead. Well, I mean, it's pretty consistent with this kind of shit. So, so you want to know where he went? Let's see. Uh, I w- I'm going to guess Mexico. Correct. Mm-hmm. He went to Soralvo which is 40 miles from the Texas border. They found so was him. it like a tropical vacation or is it just like gritty ass, dirty ass Mexico? It didn't look bad. Okay. I mean, it was in Mexico, but it didn't look like a bad, a bad area. So he had, when they found him, he had $7,000 in cash that he stole from his dad. Mm-hmm. He was living in a small apartment and he had a job at a furniture store and he was going by the name Rudy Rios. <laughs> So he had friends and he also had a girlfriend. So they interview his friends and his girlfriend, but his, the friends he had, they asked him like, Oh, he was a ladies man. He was very confident and we just really liked him. He knew Spanish very well from either school or I don't know, but he knew Spanish. So he was able to communicate. So he met Cindy Salinas and they started dating and her, her father owned this furniture store and they, they cared for him, so they gave him a job. And he said he never missed a day of work. He worked very hard for not. him. Of course not. He never stole from him. I'm like, of course he didn't. He was probably scared. Yeah, he didn't want any, to draw any more attention no. to himself than he already had. Uh, his, her dad said he was a hard worker. He was obedient, and they just really enjoyed having him. And the dad was, like, kind of tearing up when they interview him in 48 hours. And he's like, you know, I loved him like my own. And I was going to give my hand in marriage if he asked for it to my daughter. Mm-hmm. What if he would have tried to kill her? He's like, I would have never forgiven myself. Like, how did I not see this? But this is really sad, okay? So he told Cindy Salinas and her family that he was an only child, that he never felt like his mother loved him. Oh, my God. And that she um, was a prostitute. And the family that he did have never loved him. All they did was throw money at him and ignored him. Wow. Can what you a piece that? of shit. Like you hired- Do you think that he like ended up believing that himself to justify his actions? Maybe. But can you I mean, how low are you to have your mother murdered who only did nothing but love you and then call her a prostitute? Mm. Like how much more lower can you get? Not much. So he I'm sorry, it wasn't fourteen months or eighteen months, it was fourteen months that he was gone and lived in Mexico with his new life. So the reason why he gets caught in Mexico <laughs> is because <laughs> I knew it. Detective Slot gets a call from a Rudy Rios. And he says, I know where Bar Whitaker is because I helped him get there. I gave him my my name and told oh, him I to see. go to go there. And I drove him. Uh, Bart told me he needed help and he Bart paid Rudy three thousand dollars to send him to Savaldo. And but as soon as they put a reward out for ten thousand, Rudy's <laughs> like, "Hey, hey, uh, I'd like, I'd like to cash in on this opportunity, please." That's hilarious. This is way more than three thousand. 
I want that $10,000. That's a good profit right there, ten grand. And that's why they do that because they know people are like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, I don't really care about this secret. That ten grand would go a long way in my checking account. Well, and can you, like, and when you watch <laughs> the documentary, the way that he comes around the corner when they show him at, <laughs> at the police station, the way he comes around the corner, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm about to get some loaded, today. loaded, loaded. Um, but yeah, I mean, and what did Bart really think he would never say anything? He's not a very smart guy, clearly. Not a lot of hush money. No, and when you like ask your friends to help you with this plan, and it was okay, I'll stop there. So, Mexican authorities brought him back, and uh, Detective Slot's like, I loved when he came across that border and walked in and saw me. He's like, We made eye contact, and he just looked straight down. He would not look at me because he said, I interviewed him so many times. He said, I sat across from him. When it first happened and told him, I'm so sorry you watched your family get massacred in front of you. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry you couldn't help your family. And he's like, in here. Here we are. Him. It was all because of you. Mm-hmm. So he was indicted for the murders um, of his brother and his mother and the um, attempted murder for his dad. And, of course, they ask him, why'd you do it? And he said, because I would have gotten $1.5 in life insurance from if my both my parents died. And if my brother lived, then I would have had to half it with him. What a greedy bastard. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it gets worse. You, th- <clears throat> you think it's bad now. So the price of, of lives of his parents' lives were $1.5 million. And his mm-hmm. That was the price of life lived, for him. He would have had to, well, he only got 750000 That wasn't enough for him. Wow. So he flat out admitted it. It's for the money. So there's one guy. I'll show you his picture and I'll put it up whenever I... Posted. There's one guy who is the definition of a Texas prosecutor. He has white <laughs> hair and he has a handlebar mustache. Nice. And when they ask him, you know. I want to watch this episode. It's good. He said they ask him. I think his last name was Peterson. Um, they ask him. They're like, so whenever you whenever you met with Bart or whenever you were on him, what do you think? He's like, I thought he's a mean son of a bitch. <laughs> he's like, when you look up the definition of sociopath, he's like, this is the kid. Someone that can cold-blooded kill their parents right in front of them, their whole family, to the point that you act like a victim yourself to mask, you know, what the cops are thinking yeah. for some money, you know? And then he would have inherited the house and the cars and And, all and then that. when his dad didn't die, he was like, shit, I need a backup plan. Yeah. Right? So yeah. then he stole money from his dad and rolled off to Mexico rolled thinking out. he was just going to, like his poor dad. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to have some opinions about this, okay? but I'm going to be honest, okay? I You want to get to the end first or is no. it? No. Okay. It's, I have to get to it now before I go to the next part. So I think it's great when people have um, good, good religious roots. That's great. Um, your relationship with God or whatever God you talk to is, is just as private as your marriage or mm-hmm. your relationship, okay? Yep. I, I believe that. Me too. However, I don't know if I agree with this, but his dad was part of his defense because his dad said, I don't want my dad, my son to be put to death. I have forgiven him for the murders. And I told, I told him the night that he was arrested that I forgave him. And I don't want to see my last living person of my family die by the hands of the state. Because I believe that if God can forgive others, he can forgive him. And I want his life spared because I believe that my wife would not want him to die because he killed her. And I think that that's what God would want us to do. And 
I just, I didn't really, it didn't settle well with me in a way because I, I understand and I can't imagine what he was going through, but at the same time, there's also law and there's also punishment. Yeah. I just don't think I could abandon my kid regardless of what my kid did. No, I would never want to abandon them, but I would also tell them their consequences for your actions. Right. But I wouldn't want them to lose their life regardless of what they did. No. I mean, so are you saying that you think he should have gotten the, the, um, I just feel like I, 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 I guess I don't get what, what, I, I what guess, is it that you disagree with most by his dad's statement that guess, he forgave him? No, I guess what bothered me the most was that he felt as, as a, him being a Christian, mm-hmm. which is fine. And that his son being raised in a Christian home and that his wife, the way that his wife was killed that she would not have want her son to die because of what he did to her. But what about Kevin? What would Kevin have, have wanted? Yeah, right. I, yeah. And I feel like you have two children. One was taken by the hands of the other and you don't want the state to take your son. And I understand that. But then what about the justice for your son? Because your other son took him. So, it's like if you let him be killed by the state and you allow that to happen, are you then saying it's okay for him to die and then both your boys are gone? But if you fight for him, are you then taking your son's life in vain? Because he's not going to get justice. I mean, but how do you know that his brother didn't feel the same way the mom did because they're a Christian family? How, how do you know his brother wouldn't have been like, yeah, I forgive him too? Well, we don't. Yeah. You know, that's, we don't. But I never heard him say anything about Kevin. So that just, it just bothered. It just struck a chord with me that, you know. Like he wasn't considering his son, just his wife. I see what you're saying. I thought you were like bothered by the fact that he was forgiving him or didn't want him to get the death penalty. Well, yeah. And so he didn't want him to get the death penalty. I I don't think I would want that either. And so he, he basically, and then he kept saying, you know, if he, if he repents, then he'll be forgiven and then he can live his life in jail and then I still have at least one son Yeah, and I still have one piece of my family. And again, I, I hope to never God have to know what that's like. Yeah. It just, it just, I kind of felt like, what about Kevin? Like you're talking about, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You're talking about this son you want to save, but what about the one you couldn't save? Yep. Where's his justice? Yes. Him sitting in prison is some justice, but is it? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, at least he doesn't have his freedom. So, so it's some kind of justice. Our, um, Handlebar mustache. Oh yeah, like, our salty prosecutor. They ask him. They're like, "So, how do you feel about what Ken said?" He's like, "Well, as far as I'm concerned, this is Texas law, not God's law." <laughs> I was like, "Oh my God, this guy!" Uh, I mean, but he's right. Yeah. You know? I mean, mm-hmm. and we there is a lot of the Christian faith in a lot of the Congress and a lot of a lot of the laws, and and I get that. But at the end of the day, the law is the law. And in the Bible, it does say you must obey the law of your land and you should not kill. Yeah. And whatever punishment comes across him comes comes across. But I understand his dad not wanting him to die. But that's that's just how I feel. But I also didn't like how they were making it seem that because he was a Christian kid and because he was raised in a Christian family that he doesn't deserve the death penalty. Yeah, no, that's bullshit. And I'm like, well, it doesn't matter how he was raised. He made he, a decision he to take some lives. On the streets with no family. He should still be given. He should still be given the option of the death penalty. I don't want that to change because that's not fair. So the, so three years after the murders is when the trial starts because you know he was gone on a hiatus yeah. for fourteen months. <laughs> so Stephen Champagne takes the stand. So they, he's the first one. 
And he tells them how two months prior is whenever Bart came up to him and Chris Brashear and was like, hey, I'll cut, I'll give you both a cut of a million dollar life insurance policy if you help me kill my family. And they're like, bet, let's, let's go. Who are these people? During that conversation. And Bart wasn't kidding though. No. They probably thought he was joking. No. They all knew he was serious. Yeah. Because now Chris Brashear said initially he wasn't sure if it was true. So he was going to go along to see how far he would take it. Yeah. But then he realized he was serious and he was afraid if he backed out, he might kill him mm-hmm. if he didn't do it. So he went along with it. I don't know how true that is. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I feel like if you're, he must have had some kind of thing in him where he could kill people easily because you can't just like have that conversation regardless of how much money it is and then just uh, Magically turn into somebody that can kill three people or try to kill three people. Mm-hmm. For money. Right. And a million dollars is a lot, but it's not that much. No, because what about, you're killing the people that you love. Mm-hmm. You're getting the money for killing the people that you love. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to sleep at night after that. Mm-hmm. And then you better hope that they don't come back and haunt your and ass. And you're only, I think, 21, 22 at the time that he so was. So no fucking conscious. So it's not even like, a million dollars isn't going to last you the rest of your life. You may live another 70 years. Think that million dollars is going to last you? Mm. Absolutely not. So then a bomb gets dropped. Uh Uh-oh. And they find out that this is not the first time Bart has tried to get his family killed. Oh. He had tried three other times to make this happen. With the same two guys or other people? He approached his roommates in college his freshman year. I'll tell you this. If I'm in college and... People come up to me and ask me if I'll help them kill their family. I'm going straight to the fucking cops. Straight to the cops. So he approached two of his roommates in December of 2000. He devised a plan. Because this didn't come out until trial, right? Mm -hmm. They went to do the plan. But as one of them approached the window to open to go inside, the alarm of the house went off. So they left. So did Bart? not tell them that there wasn't a fucking alarm on the house? I don't know. This guy is so dumb. So then two months later, so this would be uh, February of 2001, he approached two more friends and he had a whole new plan. And the prosecutor was like, you know, I don't mean to sound racist, but these are a bunch of well-educated American boys in college. Like not one of them has a good brain in their skull to think, hmm, maybe this isn't a good idea. Maybe I shouldn't do this. He said these weren't boys that were raised in a bad area where crime was normal for them or where they needed the money. He's like, these kids didn't need the money. They were just Their parents were millionaires, most of them, or very wealthy at least, if not millionaires. They were upper middle, upper middle class to high class people. So what would be the point to get a million dollars? They don't need it. Is, are they so is that like fucking the bored? I guess. So he approaches these two other friends, had a new plan. And in April of 2001, they talked about it, but it just never happened. Like he kept bringing it up and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, sounds cool, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think most people would think he was kidding. And then the third time, which was in June of 2001, he his third plot, he was discussing at a table in a library at Sam Houston School. And a a girl overheard and was like. That doesn't doesn't sound sound right. right. (laughs) So I guess she was either dating or was friends with one of the boys he was talking to. So she approached him and was like, are you going to do that? And um. He's like, man, I'm not sure. 
So she went to the school. Good for her. And she's like, hey, this is what I overheard. So Ken and Patricia knew. The school called them and said, hey, your son's trying to put a hit on you. And they were like, okay, we'll talk to Bart. And Bart's like, oh, it's blown out of proportion. That's not even what I was talking about. I was talking about something else, and they just blew out of proportion. I mean, I guess I can see, like, if... I'm sure that'd be really hard to believe, especially when you're like, oh, he doesn't need the money. What does he need the money for? You know? Like... Yeah, I can see it being hard to believe, especially mm-hmm. the good Christian family. And they there's have, no evidence. There's it's no evidence. And you know how kids are in school. I mean, I, is, I could see myself doing the same thing. Like, this yeah. It's coming from a third party. Like, yeah. he wasn't talking to her. She overheard it to, with them. And then when they interviewed the boys, they were like, nah, we were just messing around. It wasn't a big deal. So even after the murders had happened, right? So the murders have happened, these three attempts, his dad still didn't believe he was responsible. So after, because his dad said, they asked him, so after the murders, because you knew that this was something he had discussed possibly before, did you think it was him? He's like, no, I still didn't believe it. I'm like, boy, you can't be in that bad of denial. When did he finally believe it? When they arrested him? Whenever he confessed to his dad that he did it after he came back from Mexico. Oh. And maybe he had to hear so it So even him. during the trial, he, oh, he's, during the trial, yeah. he's saying, I didn't believe it at that mm-hmm. time. Okay. because yeah, they asked okay, him, I'm like, with you. What, what were your thoughts when this happened after you being told by the school just two years earlier that your son was trying to put a hit on your whole family? He's like, I still didn't think it was possible that he would do that. that yeah. it, was, he, it was him. I can see that. Like, you don't ever want to believe that your, no. your kid is seriously considering something like that, you know? So his trial lasted for seven days, and the jury deliberated for two hours, and then they did... Um, Convict him of guilty of capital murder. So during the punishment phase, he goes on the stand. Now, I will say, I'll show you a picture. In his right eye, his eyelashes, he has a patch of white eyelashes. I've seen that before. Which was really interesting to me. But anyways, during the punishment phase was the only time he took the stand. And the prosecutor asked him about, you know, his brother and stuff. And then he starts crying. He's like, you know, it's funny to me, boy. This whole trial, I didn't see you whimper or cry or even look sad one time. But I talk about your brother laying in the doorway of your house, bleeding to death, the one that looked up to you, the one that was the younger brother, and now you want to now you want to cry. Are you crying because you're being told what you did? That mm-hmm. Your hands, your brother died and suffered. Your mother who brought you into this world, you took out of this world for money, and he's just like sobbing. You can tell like fi- maybe finally it's hitting him what he did. Maybe. And then his dad takes the stand and he just tells them, you know, whatever you decide for my son, just please don't give him the death penalty. He's the last piece of my family. Put him in jail for life. Give him a chance to have a life, but just don't kill him. Yeah. Um, but the jurors took 10 hours to deliberate and they're like, nah, he's going, he's dying. Send no us to death. shit. We don't give a shit. Send they didn't give death. a shit about go Texas. So in, on February 22nd of 2018 was when he was his execution date. So the whole, so from 2000, so he, it happened in 2003 and his trial happened in 2006. So for 12 years, his dad fights the state of Texas. Of course he does. Appeal after appeal, Mm -hmm. you know, put him, put him in jail for life. Stay of execution, stay of execution. Please Mm -hmm. do not kill him. So a week before he is scheduled to be, be um, executed, Kent goes you know, before the pardons and paroles, you know, begging, please, he's the last surviving member of my family. Um, his dad did get remarried in that 12 years. 
But, you know, he told him, sorry, this is just how it is. This is his punishment. It's how it's going to be. So the day that he was to be executed, he took his last meal, gave his last rites. He even prepares to get on the gurney, and they're preparing everything. And Governor Abbott comes in and says, stop, do not execute him. Stay of execution. And they switched it from, from How money. fucked up is that? See, that I you was are, so mad. That you are almost, is. was he on the gurney? He, it says, the verbiage was, because I listened to it a couple of times. Oh my I God, to I have type chills. It. it said, he had his last meal. They gave him his last shower. I mean, they prepare the gurney. They get him in there. They, he wasn't strapped, but they get him on the gurney. They were getting him comfortable. They're measuring things. They have to take his weight, his blood pressure, mm-hmm. all that to get his meds ready. And he stops it. And so afterwards, of course, they ask Bart, how do you feel? And he said, well, I'm thankful for my dad, but not me. Oh, do you think he was welcoming death because of his well, guilt? I mean, do you think he wants to live anymore? I don't know what I think about him because... I mean, he only did What about the Brashear guy? He's the one that pulled this tr- trigger. Bart didn't even kill them. I'm not saying he's well, not he, He's in innocent. jail for capital murder, too. Okay, good. Yeah, him and then the champagne was an accomplice. Yeah. So, I mean, so he's they, just an accessory? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think what helped him the most was that he was the one that caved before Brashear. Yeah, I'm so sure that helped him I'm a sure lot. That gave, and gave he him. wasn't really, he didn't pull the trigger or anything. He was the getaway guy. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. still, you're still involved, and you agree to it. You knew what happened, and you didn't say shit until you were pressured. But I'm like, what about what the ones that were innocent that they kept telling the state and kept telling the state and nothing happened? I wonder what happened to cause the stay of execution. Cha-ching. I'm sure it was money. You, I believe 100% it's oh, money. Oh, I mean, that makes sense because his dad was loaded. Money talks. And I'm sure he kept saying, how much do I have to give? How much do I have to give? How much do I have to give? And I'm sure the right number hit. and Or maybe Governor Abbott thought, let me make this kid think he's going to die. And, I think that's kind of, maybe you know, they should do that to more of them tactic. because I you, but, I bet you think of a lot of shit. Like I can't even imagine what he was thinking or how well, he I must mean, have he, felt. And he then may you have been like, maybe he came to terms with the fact that he was going to die and he had, maybe he was ready. He was ready. And then his dad's like, Oh, and then he fought enough. And he's like, Oh, you're going to live. And he's like, well, shit. Now all the peace I just came to with dying. Now See, I have to go back to this world. You sometimes know? I feel like living with that guilt is more punishment than dying. Right. So maybe, cause what about what Bart wants? Does Bart want to live with that guilt the rest of his life? I don't want to pay for that shithead to have an education That's true. and all of that. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's young. He's, he's my age. Cause in 2003 is when I graduated high school. So he may be a couple years older than me. So I just, I just didn't like the way, Whenever you hear him talk, and maybe it just struck a nerve with me. I'm not sure. It just the way he was talking about how my son deserves to live. That's what you hear when someone is innocent, right? And I know I understand where he's coming from. I understand his point. I understand why he wants him to live. I don't want my child to die regardless of what they do. I don't want them to die either. I don't. And I would probably fight tooth and nail as well. I just don't like that it was overturned. Yeah, I think you wanted him to fry regardless. I mean, he took out his mom and his no. little brother, and and he wanted to take out his dad. Yeah, and and because they the other reason why they pushed for the death penalty was because they said that with him being so young, and he kept on with doing it, that he would not have stopped. Because they asked him, "Do you think if he hadn't gotten caught, do you think that he would have continued?" And he said he would have done it. A million would have not been enough. See, that's and what I was he would thinking. Have wanted three million. I figured that he million. would have kept going until his so, dad was dead too. 
he or anybody marry someone and then kill them. They felt that he was a threat to society. Yeah. So unfortunately, his dad is going to pass away before him, most likely. So what happens if he gets pardoned and he comes out of jail? And then he marries someone, and then he kills her for life insurance. I hope he doesn't get pardoned. I don't think you get pardoned after well, I mean, being no, on sorry, death. Pardon's not the right word, but what if he gets eligible for parole? Oh, yeah. Because he's he's young when he goes to jail. What, he's going to yeah. be in there for 60, 70 years? Eventually, they're, oh, we're overcrowded. we got to get rid of the people. I remember that. Remember that, those years back in the, was it the 70s where yeah. they let all those prisoners yes. loose? I remember that. You know, so everybody got well, a reprieve. How do we know the way the population is in Texas now? How do we know there are as many people as fucking come into Texas nowadays? What if it gets overcrowded and he gets out? He's not someone I want out. He's nope. conniving. Look, what if that was his plan in Mexico with Cindy Salinas? We don't know. He was not going to stop. There is something wrong with him. Yeah. He should not be out and about. And I just think that I don't think he should have been pardoned. That's just my. Yeah. Even if he was never executed, as long as he was on death row, were you good with that? As long as on death row. Yeah. yeah. As long as I there's never a possibility that he'll ever get out. Fine. But to make it just a life sentence, it's not life sentence without parole. It's just a life sentence. Yeah. Well, now you've given him the opportunity to maybe get paroled. And he's not going to stop. He is a he is a threat to society. Yeah. And he's conniving. Look what he did to Mexico. He went in there, and those people don't trust people because mm, there's he, people that are in the cartel. They're like worked his way know. in, you know. And he, I don't, I think they knew he was obviously American, but still, like they believed his name, they believed everything. And I mean, there was no reason for them not to, though, right? right? And look, that's the scary look how part. Suave, yeah. suave, charismatic. <laughs> look how easily he was able to. So they said he was a ladies' man. Yeah, and then was he is he handsome? I'll show you, but he's all right. Yeah, I mean he looks like a typical two thousand two thousands type of guy. Okay, you know, and I'm just picturing we, like a college douchebag. Yeah, douche canoe, big time. Okay, just like a meathead. Yeah, but he wasn't real built. Okay, but yeah, I just don't. I don't douche like canoe. I don't really like. <laughs> I just don't like that. Yeah, I can tell. I don't really, I honestly don't, I don't really have a real passion for either way. I mean, clearly he should be behind bars for what he did. That's jacked up. Like you caused the death of your mom and your brother and you try to kill your dad and you don't even have the balls to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. So you're a fucking coward Mm -hmm. because you got to outsource it Mm -hmm. and it's your money. So if you're that greedy, why don't you do it yourself? And then you get to keep it all. And then nobody else is involved. And the likelihood of you getting away with it is much higher if no one else is involved. But he's a dumbass, so he probably wouldn't have gotten away with it that way either. So he's a coward. And but you know, I I agree with the dad. I I would have forgiven my kid. It would be hard, but it's my kid, and I would forgive him and still go see them and fight for their life, a hundred percent. But I'm not going to forget, like the dad did. I'm not going to forget to mention anyone in my everyone in my family. I think it's a disgrace mm-hmm. that he didn't well, and I keep think, bringing up Kevin. I think that's sad. Yeah. That breaks my heart that Kevin didn't. Like, you wasn't know the, mentioned as importantly as the mom. What was the one case we did where there was the boy that killed his little sister? Oh, that was the, that, that was in, that happened in Abilene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't but remember like the, the mom, name. The mom was like, I love my son and mm-hmm. I go visit him and everything, she did. you mm-hmm. know, but. And, and she was afraid of him. Like yeah, she. And he, he was on death row. Mm-hmm. You didn't see her fighting to get him off death row. No. Punishment is punishment. I would hate to see it happen and I could see not wanting it, but I just. Is is his life greater to you than Kevin's was? Yeah, I, I hope I, not. Yeah. You know, and I think it seems I think like if, it. If he was an only child, then I would feel completely different about it. 
but he took your wife and your only other child from you. And he tried and he to, get tried you to kill you. Yeah. And he, he, maybe he left because he thought he would kill his dad. I, that's you know? very possible. And he's like, oh, if I. No, I think he left know. because he knew he was about to get caught. And he Probably. knew if he were close to the cops and they questioned him, I think the reason he didn't talk is he knew he might slip up and say something that's going to mm-hmm. incriminate him later. So he was dumb, but not that dumb. Mm-hmm. And, uh, was- and so he stole money and rolled out thinking, I mean, surely he knew that he was, it was going to catch up with him eventually, but maybe he thought he had more time. And just, I think also for me, like whenever you watch footage of the funeral and you see like his dad trying to console him so much and you look at it, I, as a parent, I would look back and be like this conniving son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Like Everything here I am consoling after- him. Right. And we are watching our, my soulmate, right. And my other child be buried and only to come to find out you did it. Mm-hmm. And all these people are hugging you and the lies and the deceit. Like, it's not just that you took them from me, but you lied. You were deceitful. I mean, for 21 months, I didn't even know that you were the reason. Mm-hmm. You let me think that some random person came in here and killed my family. You know, it's just. It's fucked up. So that's the story of the Whitaker It's a family. good one. It's a good one. So rest yep. in peace. Kevin, Kevin Whitaker and Patricia and Whitaker. Patricia Whitaker. Rest in peace. Yes. But and rot am, in hell, you piece of shit. <laughs> I am really Bart. glad that Kent was able to move on and get remarried. And, Me too. And have a, that's gotta be have tough. a new life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's it. That's a good story. Very, that's very, it. very good one. I like it. Yep. So that's that's all I got. Till next time. All right. So we want to thank you guys for liking and subscribing and listening and posting and supporting us. We appreciate it so much. You have no idea. Thank you for being obsessed with this stuff as much as we are. Yes. We love you guys. All right. Till next time. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. <laughs>